She is an introvert who supports other introverts build successful businesses that honor their introversion. She does this through helping them put in place great systems and set prices to thrive. She is a corporate SKP, having spent 20 years working as a chartered accountant for large businesses and not-for-profits. She has wound her way around the world working in Australia, her home country, the UK, Namibia, and Laos. Firecrackers, please welcome Caroline. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. Caroline, hmm. I wanted to ask you something because I was reading uh, in your website about you, right? And you are an introvert. I am, yes. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also an introvert. Um, But I I want to ask you how that has been in your experience, you know, how living, I mean, it's not a disease or anything, but, you know, sometimes I feel that being an an introvert kind of like hinders me socially in a way. So I don't know what your take is, and I would like to hear about that on your side. Yeah, I think certainly when I was younger, it was really difficult. I felt very obligated to go to social events, um, to go to parties and all that sort of stuff. And I think as I've got older, and I also read Susan Cain's book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts, and I've gotten much better at accepting who I am and what my introvert strengths are. So I'm much better now at saying no to things, to doing social things that make me happy, like spending time one-on-one with friends, um, not going to parties, feeling comfortable about saying I'm not coming to your party, That's I just don't do that kind of thing, and also scheduling in time for myself when I can be at home and it's quiet and I get to do my thinking and recharge my energy. So I think it's been a real change from particularly when I was in my 20s to where I am now that it's... I'm much more comfortable with being an introvert. I think it certainly takes time. I think certainly when you're younger, the world expects you to be an extrovert. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. And, and you know, when you start, when you're young and you're, when you're a kid, when you're a child specifically, and you get invited to all these birthday parties and whatnot, and your parents always drag you there because you're supposed to be sociable with other kids and have yeah. friends. And if you don't have any friends, you're the weirdo or, or whatever. You yeah. Yeah. I always remember feeling very uncomfortable at this, <laughs> this moment. Yeah. Um, and I think honoring the introvert in oneself is, is just pivotal. It's very important to mm-hmm. not only to, okay, to under, not understand, but to like say, okay, this is who I am. But also, and like you just mentioned, there are strengths to being an introvert. Yeah. So what are these yeah, strengths in your, in your opinion? I think a lot of it's around just, I don't want the word, I guess it's thoughtful, but that you really take the time to think about things a lot more deeply than perhaps an extrovert does. And that's not to say that extroverts don't have strengths either. It's just different in the way people operate. Um, and, you know, even just reading Susan, Susan Cain's book, you know, she talks about how a lot of the top musicians and a lot of the, you know, people like Bill Gates 
um, who are, who's an introvert, they're, and uh, they've come up with their best ideas when they're on their own and when they're doing their quiet practice. So musicians often talk about in the book, she talks about how often musicians shared that while they enjoyed uh, the group playing sessions where they really hone their skills is when they're on their own and they're practising you know, what they do best. And so I think that's really where introversions come into their own. I think there's just skills around being able to listen. Um, there's research now that the brain chemistry is different for introverts and so thoughts go through a longer path to get to, to where they need to be to actually react to them and I think that's really helpful as well. It just takes a slower approach to answering things. It's not so off the cuff. It's got more meaning to it, I guess. I think that's where I see one of the big strengths of an introvert coming from. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with you, you know, with the uh, statement that you made regarding extroverts, you know, they also have their strengths. Yeah. As we do, those uh, completely different people. But I, uh, I find myself, when I'm surrounded by extroverts, I find myself, like, drained. My energy just yeah. Yeah. sucked up completely. Um, <laughs> and I love being at home. Like, people are like, why are you such a loner? I'm not really a loner. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not alone. I, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. not lonely. This is the thing. I'm not yeah. lonely. I just really like to be alone um, yeah. with my dog. Well, he doesn't talk back. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and it is true. Like I do, I'm a creative type person. And the things that I do best in terms of creativity, uh, I do them when I'm by myself. That's for sure. No, you're right. I just think that, that, you know, being able to be alone is also a unique skill. I think, you know, particularly I work as a, you know, work by myself at home. And I think if I was an extrovert trying to freelance from a home office, I would probably be going nuts right about now. But as an introvert, it's, it's actually really nice. I stay out of the office politics. I have conversations with my dog and I get to create stuff. And that's just lovely for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, you live by you live with your dog. Uh, where in yep. Australia do you live? Uh, just outside of Canberra, the capital. Okay, I've never been there. Like I was telling you earlier, <laughs> I would love to go visit Australia. Like for me, uh, ever since I saw Nemo, <laughs> I was yep. like, I need to go to Australia. <laughs> it's just this, you know. But it's really far away. But anyway, I will get there yep. someday. Um, but um, so, what is it that you like to do when you're not? working or creating or what kind of things are the things that um, make you happy basically in terms of you know just hobbies or things that you like to yeah so I think like a lot of introverts I'm a huge reader so I love reading fiction books Uh, I think the other big thing I really like to do is I just love to get outside I love walking I love being in nature and just that that peaceful aspect I'm really lucky where I am that you know, I can really get out into the bush pretty easily and, you know, be in places where there aren't a lot of people pretty easily and just get outside and hang out with birds and trees and and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, and reading is the other big thing I love to do, as I said, any any fiction book pretty much. What are you reading at the moment? Uh, I've just been reading a Martha Grimes book, which is a mystery, so... Mm-hmm. It's called uh, the knowledge. Something. It's about a London taxi driver, anyway. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's about the knowledge test they take in London. Uh, I don't think I know that know that author. I, I mean, when when I hear you know mystery, I, the first thing that comes to mind is Agatha Christie. 
I was yes. addicted to her books when I was a kid. Like I would, yes. like you said, I would also devour books. Like I would read yes. maybe two books per week, more or less on average. Yep. Um, and it was mostly Agatha Christie. And then I found Stephen King, which yep. uh, 12 year old should not be reading <laughs> Stephen King, but I was reading <laughs> Stephen King when I was 12. And, um, you know, I think, I think reading is definitely um, a very good way for us introverts to get out of our heads because we're a yeah. lot in our, in our heads and to find a different world, you know, because yeah. when you get in the book, you get in the story, you start imagining characters and what's going on. Yeah. And, and if you're reading nonfiction, same thing, you know, you're like, uh, trying to imagine what it is that the author's trying to tell you. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just creating a whole different world. I think I have to read before I go to sleep every night. Yeah. Like something nice and light so it's not getting my brain going too fast, but just to get out of the overthinking that I've probably been doing for the first 12 hours of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and so what type of people do you surround yourself with? Uh, it's interesting because obviously, you know, the podcast has, uh, an element around being child-free. So I think when I look at my friends, I'd say most of them are introverts, but I'd also say most of them are child-free. I think not all of them. I do have friends with, with children, but I think I see more of the people who don't have children. Obviously, it's much easier to line things up. Yeah. And we do spend a lot of time with friends one-on-one, so fellow introverts who like to have deeper conversations rather than going to parties and talking to lots of people. Yeah. Well, you're very, I would say, lucky <laughs> because like many, I don't have, a, I only have like one vocal child-free friend, just one. Yep. Um, and so, you know, most of my friends are either childless or they're thinking about having kids later in life or they are parents and it's a lot more, yep. it's a lot harder to, to meet, meet up with them. So that's a that's a very good uh, you know advantage I, I I guess you know to have people that are like minded in that sense because like you said organizing mm-hmm. your schedule is a lot easy, like meeting up with them is a lot easier yes yeah so, it's yeah. Been interesting it wasn't something I I particularly set out to do and a lot of them I've known quite a long time and we've never really discussed being child free it's just we've all moved through that same life pattern I wonder if you know we gave off little hormone signals or something in the 20s that we didn't want to have children and that's why we've become friends or something yeah it's really weird weird how it's happened because I say I don't I've known quite a few of them from their 20s so it's not as if I knew then that they weren't going to have children or that they'd made that choice I think a lot of them hadn't made that choice it's been an interesting interesting thing to see I guess You're listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. So let's talk about that choice in your specific Mm -hmm. case, of course. Uh, When did you first start thinking about embracing the child-free lifestyle? I think probably in my mid-30s. Yeah, I think in, in my 20s, I never felt maternal. And, I, you know, a lot of my friends were talking about wanting to have kids and that kind of thing, and I just didn't ever have that feel like I wanted to have children. Uh, but I always thought that it was going to, that you know, suddenly something switch would flick in my body and I'd go, oh, yes, I do want kids. 
Yep. But, yeah, then I was getting to my early, you know, early to mid-30s when the body starts to think, well, children having children is going to be a lot harder. And I thought, actually, that doesn't really bother me. Like I, I want to remain child-free. So I think it was that's when I really started to consci- consciously make the decision and say this is how I'm going to live my life. Were you worried at some point of making that decision? I don't think I ever was. I just think it never worried a little bit in terms of what family would think would be more the worry rather than anything else. And, you know, when my grandmother was saying to me, just have a child, I don't care if you're married or not, it's just like, oh, <laughs> interesting, <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. So I think it was more that, like I knew it was the right decision for me, it was just more the perception of other people around that choice and their worries for me. Mm-hmm. So how, okay, so I, like I said, I've never been in Australia. I don't know many Australians. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering now, how how is it uh, viewed in terms of, is there like a very hard societal uh, pressure for women to be, become mothers in Australia or people are just like, eh, do whatever? I think it's changing. Certainly when I was in my 20s and 30s, it was very much expected. And I would always get questions because I'm not married either. So the questions for me have always been when you're getting married. So I think I I've never have, haven't very often had the why don't you have children bit because I also skipped the marriage stage and people still think you have to be married first and then have the children, that that's the, the life cycle that you have to go through. So I... I personally didn't have a lot, but I still find that I get questions about, there's still a lot of questions about your family here in Australia. So it's this expectation that, you know, when you get to a certain age that you are going to have had children. I think that's that's more where it comes from, that expectation. Yeah. Well, it, it is, like you said, it's like ticking boxes in a way, right? Like, mm. like yeah. you, go to, you go to school, check, and then you find yourself a husband, check, have kids, check. And it's yeah. and it's like that in almost every culture. You know, people that I've spoken yeah. to who have made this choice, uh, it's it's almost the same in every culture. It's like you're almost expected as a woman to find yourself a husband, settle down, have kids. And yeah. and questioning the status quo uh, is almost never seen in good eyes <laughs> by <laughs> especially your closest circle. So, I mean, you just told us what your grandmother said to you, which, you know, it's funny yeah. because I had a friend who used to say that to me. Like, it wasn't my mother or my grandma. It was a friend who was like, oh, just go on a trip, get drunk, you know, find a guy, get pregnant, yeah. whatever. There and then, and then she said something like, I, I will never forget this conversation because I just thought, what is she talking about? Um, she said... Uh, don't worry about the kid. There are shrinks for that. He's going to be fine without a dad. <laughs> I was like, are you going to pay for the shrink? Like, what? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> but, it, I mean, in my family, I had the fortune, at least my grandmother, she passed away recently. She was 89 when she passed away. Mm-hmm. And when I told her I didn't want to have children, she was like, good for you. This world is just going to shit. <laughs> Better not to bring any more kids. She was 89. My mom, yep. she was like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? You're not having kids. But I think my mom's, it was more like the realization that she wasn't going to be a grandmother, at least not on my yeah. side. But, yeah, uh, I digress. Uh, we were talking about um, how different it is that people react to this 
you know, decisions that you yeah. make. So in your case, how did your friends react? You know, have you ever voiced this or you, you never talked about this with your friends? I haven't really talked about it. I think I've been really lucky that my friends at least just accepted that this is who I am. I think it's definitely been more a family thing that has been the pressure. I think there's only me and my brother and my, like your mum, my mum was worried about not being a grandmother and my brother left it really late to have kids, like, you know, late 30s, maybe early 40s for one of them. And I think she was getting really annoyed with me for not not stepping up and providing grandchildren. And I think she still would have liked me to, you know. My dad was much more accepting of Mm-hmm. That was the decision that I'd made. Yeah, yeah friends have hasn't been such an issue. I think, as I said, I think a lot of my friends have decided not to have children. So that's been a really interesting group to have that it hasn't been that pressure from them. Yeah. And what do you guys do that you cannot possibly do with friends who have children? I think it's just short, making plans to do things very sh- fairly short notice. Yeah, and so it's easier to go out on a Saturday afternoon and just have a, you know, a quiet glass of wine, some cheese and have some really good conversations. Whereas for my friends who do have kids, it's we have to plan that two weeks in advance. Um, often, you know, something comes up or they can't do it because that's when the kids play sport. There's just a lot more flexibility around when to catch up and that we don't have to plan a lot in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess also some of them, you know, I've gone away on weekends with them, which I wouldn't probably do with kids, with, you know, with um, friends with children. Yeah. Because it'd be a different kind of holiday. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would be to be on holiday with friends that have kids. Like, yeah, the horror. Because the thing I find most difficult about having a lifestyle in which you are a parent is the fact that everything is planned there's a logistics mm. to everything yeah. the kid has to have eaten at a certain time you know gone to bed at a certain time and it's just like you have to follow that schedule otherwise the kid is going to go crazy on you and uh, I understand parents do it I mean I, I get it but yeah if you're not part of that routine and you're like put in that situation it's a bit like wait a minute, it's my time. I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to eat right now. I don't want to sleep or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a little bit hard. I think my friends, uh, they don't really understand what it is to not want that type of life, you know, the ones that have children. But uh, at the same time, uh, I value my freedom so much that they, I think they kind of respect it in a way. They're like, okay, well, she, she wants to be free, so. Yeah. I've done a lot of things in my life that I think I just would not have been able to do or it would be much more difficult to do if I'd had children. Like what? Uh, so I've moved, lived overseas quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So I volunteered in Namibia for 18 months. I worked in Laos for 18 months as well. Wow. Um, I spent time in the UK. I just think the logistics of that with children and schools and all sorts of other stuff, that just, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, w- it could, but it's just a lot more difficult. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So what do you do now? Because you own your own business. Yep. Um, tell me about it, please. I would like to know. Yeah, so I work with other introverts to help them create businesses that work with their introversion. So setting up business models and systems that make their business easier to run as an introvert. There's a lot of 
information out there about being an extroverted business owner and being seen all over the place and that often doesn't work for a lot of introverts. They end up getting burnt out. So what I do is I help them get in place systems and stuff so they can manage their energy better, put in place better boundaries so that they feel better about their business. doesn't mean they, they can't. They still have to be visible. They still have to market because that's what you need to do for a business but it's being able to manage the energy and the boundaries around doing that a lot better so that they feel a lot better about their business. That's great. And what type of businesses mm. do your clients usually have in general? They're mainly coaching businesses. So whether that's business, other business coaches or life coaches, um, a couple of fitness people as well. And then quite a few of them have, uh, a couple of them have membership programs as well, which works really well for them as an introvert because it's not a lot of one-on-one work with people. They they have a membership group. They're in the Facebook group, but they can manage their energy a lot better around when they're in that group. They can record videos for the group when they're feeling energised and then scheduling downtime. So just working out how they can work better as an introvert and make, make their business work for them, I guess. Yeah, well, that's very interesting that you mentioned, you know, that it's mostly life coaches or business coaches or, or in fitness. I mean, they're still coaches. Yeah. Because yeah. the coaching industry um, is, in general, to serve serve the purpose to help other people. Yeah. And I find that most introverts are interested in helping other people in many yeah. ways. Yeah. Uh, I could not say the extroverts don't because that would be a lie. But in general, I would say introverts are more, like the tendency is, is more towards being an introvert and wanting to, wanting to help or serve. Uh, so yeah. I find that very interesting. Yeah. So it's about putting in, you know, making sure their business works so they can do one-on-one services without completely burning themselves out by talking to people nonstop mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And what type of results do you help them get? Is it in sales or just the managing of their business? It's just the managing of their business. There's a lot of other people really great people out there who help introverts market. So my, my business is much more about creating that business model so that it works for them. And a lot of that work is around pricing so that if you're a coach um, who's an introvert, you don't want to be talking to people on the phone for 10 hours a day every day just to make enough money. So it's about making sure your pricing works so that you don't have to do that. But then it's also setting up processes so that um, you know, you onboard your clients really smoothly. It's all automated so you don't waste a lot of your social energy emailing people or talking to people about, you know, lining up calls or getting contracts signed. And then particularly on the other end of the process, it's about making sure they have systems in place for collecting testimonials and referrals and feedback because that's a really fabulous way for introverts to market themselves. So it's sort of marketing but not not in the traditional sense. It's about getting testimonials and referrals so you don't have to spend so much time marketing yourself in the more traditional ways of social media or networking, those sort of things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that sounds very interesting. And so you're happy doing that, helping other introverts. Yeah. And yeah. that keeps you very busy, I guess. I'm sorry? Yeah. It works well for me because I do some one-on-one work, work, but a lot of it is setting stuff up for them. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, I do by myself when I'm, you know, just working around the computer and then sharing the results with them. So I've got a nice mix of one-on-one work face-to-face and then just doing work for them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah. 
I, there's something else that I read in your website, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. You were you worked as an Air Force officer. Yes. Did you fly planes? No. <laughs> I'm blind. I can't. They would never have let me up in a plane, not with my eyesight. <laughs> so I was a supplier. But I did warehousing, catering, oh, logistics okay. side of things, basically. Yeah. Logistics. I was I was curious about that because I've always wanted to ask someone who has flown a fighter jet what that feels <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, <that's not> me. <laughs> it's still a very interesting no story, though. I'm sorry. There's no 2020 vision in my life. Oh, not, there's never been. <laughs> Don't worry. I also wear glasses. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Carolyn, it's been such a pleasure having you here. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. But before I let you go, I'm sorry. It was lovely to talk to you too. Awesome. Before I let you go, though, is there anything else you would like to add to your interview? Anything at all? Uh, I don't think so. I think you know. For me, the big thing is just about being authentic to who you are, whether that's being an introvert or child-free or, or whatever option you want to choose in your life. Absolutely. Hmm. So with that, with thanks again, guys, for being with us. I'm going to leave you Caroline's uh, website down here in the description of our episode so you can check it out. And thanks again, Caroline, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.